Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. Uh, my name is Tim Seckler, and I am here uh, to chat with you each and every week here on the radio show about what makes uh, an effective estate plan. I've been doing this show for several years now, and my entire effort with the show is to make sure that the listeners b- get some education and some information they need in order to make good estate planning decisions. I, uh, I own a law firm in Cranberry Township called the Seckler Law Firm. Uh, where we do um, wills and trusts and powers of attorney. We do post-death administration work, helping families go through that process. And we do a type of case in our firm that, that is commonly referred to as a Medicaid crisis case where someone is in a nursing home, and we're usually approached by the adult children wanting to know if there's anything that, uh, that we can do in order to protect assets. And so we, we probably do a half a dozen or 10 of those cases a month. And because we do that, I've got some opinions on, on what makes up an effective estate plan. So before we get into that, we've got a couple of upcoming workshops coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, you can find our estate planning and elder law workshops by going to the website, secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. And when you go there, go to the workshops tab, register for the one closest to you. We're doing a couple of different and new locations in the next couple of uh, weeks and months. Um, And during the workshop, what we do is we talk about this stuff. We talk about wills and trusts. We talk about uh, financial powers of attorney, what makes a good one, what do, where where they fail. We talk about revocable trust versus irrevocable trust and all the things that you would need to know from an estate planning standpoint or from an elder law standpoint in order to protect yourself and your family because I'm tired of families um, making mistakes in this stuff. I'm tired of seeing families going broke due to long-term care costs. Um, and uh, and I want to teach you I want to teach you how to protect yourself. You know, I started the law firm after having watched my own grandfather go through a pile of money in long-term care, and this was back in the late 90s, early 2000s, nobody really knew that there was some other things that could have been done uh, to to protect some resources. And, and um, you know, I learned through that lesson, and he ended up passing away while I was in law school, that in fact there were some things that could have been done, and, and so we built a business based on um, helping people understand that estate planning when done properly, is not just about answering the question, who gets my stuff when I pass away. Estate planning, when done properly, makes sure that when I pass away, my wife is still going to have a house to live in, some money in the bank, uh, because I want to make sure she's good. You know, we're working our tails off right now. My wife and I, she's got a job that requires her to travel away from family. I've got mine too, but I also work a lot of hours. And, you know, we're working real hard to accumulate some savings so that we can live a certain lifestyle. and, And I don't want to see all of that thwarted by something like long-term care if I get sick in my retirement years, because of course I'm going to get sick in my retirement years. Pretty much everybody gets sick in their retirement years. Um, And so when that happens, how can I prepare so that my wife can still have an enjoyable time um, if she outlives me by 20 years? Now that, that's good estate planning, right? Um, And yes, if there are leftovers, we'll make sure that we get them to the kids. But but the idea is to 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 live life to its fullest and to make sure that we're good, we're financially secure, um, and no government agency and no bureaucrat is going to get in my way. And, you know, that that's kind of the way 
that I look at it. And so what I want to do is with today's show is talking about a couple of things where um, where I see families making mistakes, <clears throat> and and help you understand how maybe you you could structure your affairs a little bit different. Now, before I get into that, I need to give you a warning that this is not legal advice. I am an estate planning attorney. I am not yet your estate planning attorney, though we'd love to earn your work. Um, don't make any decisions based on what you hear on this or any other radio show. What we need to do is, is be able to get to know you a little bit better in order to give you advice. Um, okay, so a couple of estate planning mistakes that I see um, people make. One is um, is related to what I was already saying about planning for long-term care, uh, is the power of attorney document. If you have a power of attorney document, what I want you to do is I want you to download this episode, listen to it later. Um, you can find it on a podcast or whatever, and I want you to read your power of attorney document. And when you read the power of attorney, or if you are someone else's agent, under a power of attorney, what I want you to do is I want you to look for the word gift. Okay, so the way a power of attorney document lines up is there's a there's a cover page you have to sign, and then underneath the cover page it'll say, you know, I'm Tim. I named my wife Robin as my decision maker. Here's all the things uh, she's allowed to do, and one of the things she's allowed to do, per the terms of the document, is give gifts. You know, give my stuff to herself or to someone else. Now, this is a critical, critical power to have in the power of attorney. Now, here's the thing. A lot of the documents that people have that they print off the internet or that they get from um, from a non-elder law attorney are going to have what's called limited gifting languages. Okay, so let's chat through that a little bit. Um, about 20 years ago, middle-class Americans had federal estate tax issues because um, the lifetime exemption in the late 90s was in the six seven hundred thousand dollar range, and if you passed away with more than six seven hundred thousand uh, dollars, they taxed you. And so, what families wanted to do was, okay, well then I won't I won't pass away with that money. I'm going to give it to the kids during my life. And so the IRS said, well, we're not going to let you just do that. We're going to tax you if you give away too much every year. And they came up with the li- um, the annual gifting exclusions. So if you give away more than this amount of money it used to be ten thousand, then it's creeped up over the day, over the years. In twenty twenty four, the figure is eighteen thousand dollars. So if in twenty twenty four you give away more than eighteen thousand um, dollars, then then what happens is, at least in the old times, you used to potentially run into a gift tax problem. Today, you wouldn't run into a gift tax problem because about fifteen years ago, what they did was they combined the annual gift tax amount, which you're allowed to give away per year before being taxed, and they they combined it with the federal estate tax. And now, essentially, what happens is they say, well, if you give away too much money, I, we don't care if you give it away during your life or when you pass away. When when we add it all together, if you give away too much money, we're we're going to tax you on it. Okay, so so now we're in a situation where we've got an annual gift tax. This year's figure is eighteen thousand, but if you give away more than the annual exclusion, you can still give away up to the lifetime exemption. And see, nobody knows that number. Everybody knows. If you listen to the show, this is probably familiar to you. Everybody kind of knows there's an annual gift tax number, but nobody really understands the ramification of having gone past it. And if you go past it, you still have a lifetime exemption in this year's almost $13.6 million. So until you give away more than $13.5 million, there's still no gift tax, okay? Which means... By definition, middle-class Americans, at least this year and and for the foreseeable future, middle-class Americans don't have to worry about gift tax because, by definition, we don't have that kind of money to give away in the first place, okay? So why does all of this matter? 
because what happens is people get these power of attorney documents that authorize gifting, right? And the gifting is limited to the annual exclusion amount for tax purposes. Why do lawyers give clients power of attorney documents that are limited to the annual exclusion for gift tax purposes? There's a couple of working theories. My work is the working theory for most attorneys is because they haven't updated their forms in about 25 years. And they're still worried about federal gift tax in their forms because they just haven't read their own documents for 20 years. Because if we if we really got down to it, we're not worried about gift tax provisions. We're not. Why, why are we limiting it to a gift tax that our middle class families will never pay? This doesn't make any sense. And then what happens is dad's not worried about gift taxes. Dad was never worried about gift taxes because dad does not have $13 million. But then dad ends up in a skilled nursing facility because dad has Alzheimer's disease because one in three of us are going to have dementia. Okay, And let's say dad is one of those 20% of people who are going to need more than five years of care. So now dad is in a nursing home. It's $150,000 a year, and we're going to need care for several years. Now, now the family ends up in my office, and they say, Tim, we've been listening to your radio show. We know that there's some things you can do to protect assets from the nursing home. Dad is in the nursing home. We never thought it would happen to us, but he's there. Is there anything we can do now to protect assets from the nursing home? And more accurate, it, that's not really, the, that's kind of the way they phrase it. But the more accurate description is, is there any way that we can protect assets from these harsh government rules that require people to go broke in nursing homes? Because that's really the problem. Okay. And I'll say, yes, in fact, there are things we can do to save money, even though your dad is already in the nursing home. But that means that we have to give the money away. We have to either give it to a trust or we can give it to the healthy spouse, perhaps a disabled child. But we're going to almost always get the money out of the sick person's name if we're trying to gain Medicaid eligibility. Okay, but if dad has dementia, let's just assume if dad has dementia sufficient enough to get him to a skilled nursing facility, he probably doesn't know what's going on anymore. Which means now when we go to transfer assets, we have to use the power of attorney document, the authority granted to probably the healthy spouse or the adult children under the power of attorney document in order to move the money to the kids. Unfortunately, the client went to Tommy, the attorney, who hasn't updated his, his uh, power of attorney document in 25 years, and now the family has a limited gifting provision. They're limited to gifting only $18,000 this year to the kids, to each of the kids. Well, that doesn't do us very, very much good. If I, need, if I need to gift the $300,000 home to the kid or the savings to this kid or to this spouse, in the power of attorney document, the document that we have in front of us that purports to give us the authority to do the things we need to do, only authorizes gifting of $18,000. How in the world are we going to do gifting of $400,000? And so we've got power of attorney documents that attorneys are providing to their, climate, to their clients that are limited to gift tax exclusions when our clients don't have gift tax problems, at least in the middle class. But what we do have in the middle class is we've got long-term care problems. And when the person ends up in a long-term care setting, the power of attorney document drafted for tax purposes 25 years ago bombs our plan. Now we can't save the house because we have a poorly drafted power of attorney document. And so if you have a power of attorney document, 
One, if you don't have a power of attorney document, you are wrong. Get a power of attorney document. Call us. Two, if you have a power of attorney document, I want you to read it. Pull it off. Dust it off. Find it. It's helpful to know where it is anyhow, so go find it. Read it. Look for the gifting language. And my suggestion to you is, if you find limited gifting language or some vague gifting language, you probably need to come see us or another elder law attorney to make sure that you get the language you actually need, not the language that was drafted for 1995. Okay? So that's a big pet peeve of mine. I've seen this mistake made dozens and dozens of times in my 10 years of doing this. Please, let's get you a good document. Now, that's a problem. Another problem is largely not considering long-term care planning at all. Now, of course, I'm, I'm jaded in this. I'm an elder law attorney. Elder law attorneys, you know, that's a terrible name, elder law attorney, because most of my clients tell me, Tim, I'm retired. I'm not old. Why are you calling my, yourself an elder law attorney? You must, elder law attorneys must be for 90-year-olds because I'm not old, right? But in, in any event, elder law attorneys generally – engage in asset protection planning for long-term care because there's a recognition of the fact that I got clients going broken nursing homes all the time. We're trying to solve the problem. But if we plan ahead, if I can if I can reach out to healthy people and get them to plan ahead in their retirement years, then we won't end up in that crisis situation. And now we can protect your family without all the stress and the headache. That's why we offer all these estate planning workshops. And so let me just plug the workshops. Come to the workshops. It's a free workshop. We're going to teach you about wills and powers of attorney. We're going to talk about revocable trust versus irrevocable trust. Tell you some things about irrevocable trust that you didn't understand, you don't understand right now because they're not as scary as some people would have you think. Um, and talk to you about how to protect your stuff from long-term care expenses because I'm tired of seeing people go broke. So go to secularlawfirm.com, go to the workshops tab, register. It's free. We'll see you there, and we're going to teach you a whole bunch of good information that you need to know in order to protect your family. All right? Okay. So then what the problem with most um, – estate plans is most estate plans don't have any contemplation of asset protection from long-term care. Okay. Now imagine with me for just a minute that one out of three houses caught on fire. Let's just pretend for the minute. One out of three houses caught on fire. Okay. So, so you live on a street, six people on a street, roll the dice. Two of those six houses are going to catch on fire during the time you live there. If house fires were that statistically relevant, if they were that statistically high, don't you think people would at least have insurance? Now, let's not talk about what the insurance would cost, but don't you think that we would at least have insurance for this and we would plan, we'd probably have some fire extinguishers around and, um, and, and a whole lot more garden hoses around the outside? Because if one in three houses are going to catch on fire, boy, that's a pretty significant risk and we would better plan for it. And because it's such a tangible, physical, scary thing in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s and you can always envision what this would do to your life, People plan accordingly. Now, house fires are nowhere near that common, but everybody still has insurance because it's a palpable fear. It's a concern. It could happen at any point in time. All right. Now, let's talk about long-term care for a minute. One in three of us are going to have dementia. Two out of three of us, two out of three of us are going to need some form of long-term care. And for 
uh, about 20% of us, that long-term care, which could be $100,000 to $150,000 a year, for 20% of us, it's going to be for more than five years. This isn't me making this stuff up. This is on longtermcare.gov. You can go look it up. So 20% of us are going to need the care. And nobody prepares. Nobody's ready for this. Very few people purchase long-term care insurance. Very few people go see an elder law attorney to protect themselves. And so the biggest estate planning mistake that people face is not understanding the way this game is played, okay? People understand the way that the house fire game is played. Smoke alarm goes off, get the kids out of the house, get out of the house, grab your cell phone on the way so you can call 911, but you get the people out first, you call for help second, I've got a plan. I might not have really thought it through all that, but if if the fire alarm goes off in the middle of the night, that's the plan, right? But people have no idea what to do when dad has a stroke. We could have seen dad's stroke coming, just statistically speaking. There's a lot of people having strokes. There's a lot of people having dementia. We could have seen this coming, and we could have had a plan. But it's not all that fun to think about. And so we never talked about it. We never put together a plan. And now dad has the stroke. Now what? And at that point you're in a financial crisis. 150 grand a year to middle-class family is a financial crisis. Now, this financial crisis could have been avoided had we done some planning ahead, had we thought about this. Encourage your parents to think about this. Think about it if you're a retiree because with some not too invasive estate planning moves – We can protect you, we can protect your spouse, we can protect your home, we can protect money from this risk because the government is not going to help you, right? The rules are stacked against you. Like like most other rules of life impacting middle-class Americans, the rules are stacked against you. Now, if you take the time to understand the rules, there are opportunities. There are things you are allowed to do to protect yourself. There's dumb things to do that people try to do. There's smart things to do that people try to do. But there are things you can do. And what what you need to understand is how this game is played, which, again, is why we teach it about twice a week in an estate planning workshop, an elder law workshop. So you can come and you can understand Medicaid eligibility and you can come and understand a couple of different estate planning tools that you probably want to consider. Because what happens is, you know, this stuff is complicated. It shouldn't be. I wish I didn't have a job. I wish I didn't have this job. I could do something else. I could make a good living doing something else. I wish my job wasn't needed. I wish that people weren't going broke due to long-term care costs. But I got 20 couple people working here because it's happening. Okay. Now, what happens, though, is lawyers, some of the lawyers, not all of the lawyers, don't everybody get mad at me, but some of the lawyers are stuck on stupid, right? Because they were trained to do estate planning in a world where trusts were only used for tax purposes, more complicated estate plans were only used for high net worth families, business owners, and the like. Um, In the 1990s, just like when my grandfather got sick, people were not talking about protecting stuff for nursing homes. Now, if you think about it, who who owns most of the law firms? Most of the law firms are 
are owned by people in the in the last third of their career that were trained in the 80s and 90s and really just frankly have not changed their ways. They're still stuck on federal estate tax in death planning. They haven't gone out and learned about the new issues that people actually face. The baby boomer generation is up against long-term care costs. That's the major threat to the baby boomers. But most of the law firms don't understand it. And so when you go to the lawyer, here's the lawyer, and you've got no criteria which to judge this lawyer from the person up the street. And you sit down with the lawyer, and the lawyer says to you, hey, Mr. Jones, it's great to chat with you. Listen, um, you're not rich. You've saved well, but you're not rich. We don't have a tax problem anymore. Great news. We don't have a tax problem anymore. So all you need to do is a simple will that says who gets the stuff when when you pass away because, because you don't have a tax problem. And then you sign some documents and you're on your merry way. And you think that you just did a really good thing for your family because, oh, thank goodness we didn't have a tax planning. The only thing that must be left to think about is how do we split up the inheritance to the kids in equal shares? That must be it, right? Because that's what the lawyer led you to believe. The lawyer led you to believe that was all you had to plan for. But then you hear some radio show and there's some guy squawking on there every Saturday morning about how, no, 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 no. That's not right. That's bad. You need to also plan for what happens if I get sick, okay? Of course, we're all going to die. And of course, we got to answer the question, who gets the stuff when you pass away? But a significant chunk of us are also going to get really, really sick before we pass away. We're going to need care. We're going to need expensive care. Medicare is not going to pay for it. The only government programs that will pay for it require you to go broke first. But by doing proper planning, you don't have to go broke first. And now we can get the care we need. And my wife is not going to lose her house. And please hear me, do long-term care planning. It is the thing that could save your home and make sure that the kids actually do receive an inheritance. This is the stuff that we teach you. Again, this is the stuff we teach you at our elder law workshops, okay? So if you go to secklerlawfirm.com, if what I'm saying has registered with you at all, give me an hour and 10 minutes of your time at a workshop um, and we're going to teach you the things that you need to know in order to protect yourself. So go to secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. If that's too hard to spell, go to Estate Plan Tim. My name's Tim, estateplantim.com. Register for a workshop um, where we're going to teach you all of this stuff. Now, I want to get on to another mistake that a lot of people make, and that is not communicating with your decision makers. All right, so you do this set of documents, could be wills, could be trusts, could be powers of attorney. You've got this, this set of documents that together this set of documents comprise an estate plan, and you've named your kid George as your decision maker. Okay, so here's George. George is named him the decision maker, but George, you probably haven't even told George that you named him as a decision maker. He's going to find out sometime later. And even if you did tell George he was named as a decision maker, he doesn't know what that means. Right? He doesn't know about your finances because you never told him. He doesn't know about your end-of-life decisions because you never told him because nobody wants to talk about this stuff. Then what happens is something does happen. You get sick. You pass away. George ends up in my office without a clue about what to do next. Right. So he's got this set of documents you told him about. He broke into your house to find it. So now he comes over to our office. He puts it all into a giant eagle bag. We see it coming across the parking lot. We call it a BOS, a bag of statements, a bag of statements that come across the parking lot. 
and and now we've got some financial statements, some life insurance statements. You know, here's this stuff that Dad is supposed to have owned, and here's this this set of estate planning documents. And I don't know what to do next, right? Because because you can hand me the Steelers playbook. That doesn't make me a football coach, right? Um, along the same lines, we could hand your kid some complicated set of legal documents. That doesn't make him an executor or a trustee because he or she doesn't know what that means. This is why with our clients, after we set our clients up with a good estate plan, we have quarterly webinars where we teach the kids their future roles and responsibilities. We help you explain this to the kids because when something happens, if you get sick, if you pass away, believe me, there's enough stress. We don't need more stress because I don't know what to do next. If we have a plan, we may as well communicate the plan so that the kids understand what to do next when these things happen. And so that's why we like to host a webinar. We teach our clients, um, kids, about their future roles and responsibilities in order uh, to help uh, ease the stress, ease the burden. And if all of this makes sense to you, if you want to have an estate plan that's a relationship and not some transaction, if you want to work with a law firm that cares rather than wants to sell you some documents, um, we'd love to meet you. Our first step is education as it needs to be. So go to secularlawfirm.com. Check out one of our upcoming estate planning and elder law workshops. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to help you. We want to make sure that your family is well prepared. That's what this whole educational process is about. That's why we host the radio show. That's why we host the workshops. Come get the free education. Let's get this thing started. Let's get you protected. I hope you found some uh, of our content here on this show helpful and informative. But remember, it's not legal advice. Don't make any decisions based on what you heard on this show or any other radio show. This is for your education and your information. If you need some legal advice, reach out. SecklerLawFirm.com is where you find us. We can't wait to see you at one of our upcoming uh, workshops. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.